Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with Kate and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Errington. So today we are talking about the very best horror movie ever made, so it says Empire Magazine. This is number one on their list. How do you yes. feel? Um, I feel good. I feel a little bit like... Um... At the end of Lord of the Rings, like you've, <laughs> like I've travelled yeah. all the way to Mordor, I've yeah. now cast the ring on Frodo, and I've thrown the ring into the fires of um, what's it called, the Mount Doom. Mount Doom. Yeah. I've thrown the, uh, it's in there, and suddenly Gollum's attacked me from behind. Ooh, um, is he? Oh, oh, <laughs> Gollum, you dirty rotten bastard! He does something um, with a finger. I can't quite remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, what does he do? But he bites one or sticks one up, or who knows. <laughs> So it pretty much feels like the end of an extremely long journey. We watched 50 of the best horror films ever made. However, we are on episode 68. So obviously we've taken some. Well, we've done the little side quests, haven't we? We have, yeah. That's what Those it is. Side like, quests and subplots. We, you know, we're playing a, a role-playing game. and um, Ooh, know, kinky. <laughs> GTA Five, And then yep. you see like a person on the side of the street and they say, I've got a side quest for you. We've, mm. done, a couple, we've done a few of those. We've done 18 of those, it would seem. Yeah. Um, or maybe even more. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so it, feel, it feels good to, to have got there. I know we put it off for a while, um, getting to number one. A month, really, because we did two two honourable mentions and two dishonourable mentions. Yeah, so it's like you just don't want it to end. It's like, yeah. oh, no, it is like the end of Lord of the Rings when you have, like, five different endings. You're like, just Peter Jackson just didn't want to give up Yeah, yeah. on it. He just went, oh, I don't want to say goodbye to these guys. And well, then that's he had what the Hobbit to make. Then he made the Hobbit. So that's what we need to do. We need to go and <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we, we need to get yeah. Martin Freeman in and yeah. say, "Look, mate, we've met, we've done our fifty. Now we need we need some fresh meat to get into." So I don't, I don't really know what yeah. is the plan for for a horror hangout after. We, now we've watched the fifty top. I don't know. Like I feel like maybe I, I, I want to like carry on doing new releases every now and again and maybe do deep dives but i mean having the 50 having that list was a good sort of 
thing mm. to work through. So maybe we need to look for other lists that we can sort yeah. of work through. Maybe we need to look for lists. Maybe I was one thing I was thinking was perhaps we could do like um, a few episodes, like a themed month or something like that. So we watch yeah. four from a certain director, four from a Slashes certain genre, yeah. four from. I mean, I know I suggested making uh, watching some video game, um, video game adaptations, adaptations. Obviously, like yeah. Resident Evil, Silent Hill. There is an Alone in the Dark film, which I think is Slater, the tourist. Think. Yeah, so, yeah, so you know what I mean. Some yeah. of those might be moderately interesting to watch. Then again, yeah. we want to do. We're going to have to do some classics that weren't on the list. Um, just, to, just, I mean, there's a multitude of things we could do. Yeah. Um, so we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll play it by ear for a while, but then we'll come up with some sort of solid plan. We need a quest. Is what we need. We need a we quest. Need a quest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there, there was a plan as well for us to. Re- write some sort of well <laughs> for us to write a book about the 50 films um so uh, before we get on to the shining um is there any other i know we just recorded the other stephen king episode is there any other gusts that you maybe forgotten about <laughs> maybe <some laughs> never forget about them. well snuck out there tv something, shows so, something i've watched that i probably need to discuss during our our discussion of the shining is i watched room 237 the okay. uh, the documentary, which is about a lot of theories to do with, it's, it's a subjective documentary, explores various theories in in The Shining and sort of these. There's a few voiceovers, voiceovers, various film clips um, that kind of, but it is pretty nuts. But yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that at some point when we get into the into the yeah. film. But that's pretty much me. The only thing I can think uh, a lingering sneaky guff was last night, last night I couldn't sleep, I woke up about mm, 2 o'clock, and I was like, you know you wake up, you're really hot, and you're like, bother, you like, I can't go back to sleep, I ended up putting Moonlight on San Amazon Prime, it won the Oscar last year, or the year before, or something, Yeah. Um, and have you seen Moonlight? It's not a horror film, it's... Yeah, 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 I've seen Moonlight. Sort of a A24 gangster drama, about a young gay yeah. boy who grows up in the, uh, to be a, a, a gangbanger, in a way. <laughs> 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 gay boy gangbanger cat uh, yeah. so was uh, um, sleeping next to me I think she looked over she woke up and looked over right during one of the sort of the gay bit the, the, well there's more than that and she was and like you what slammed you your la- you, sl- you slammed your laptop lid down really quickly on your penis <laughs> ow yeah that's like yeah, I didn't know it's not what it looks like it's an Oscar winner <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I went I went to see Moonlight um, in New York so did you? I went, yeah. So yeah. I, one of the last days I was in New York, um, sort of Christmas into New Year, two thousand sixteen. Sixteen. Mm. Um, I went so Nighthawk Cinema, which is like a really like sort of like retro. It's sort of adorned with loads of VHS Hawks. covers outside yeah. Hawks. Um, and I planned to go and watch a midnight showing of The Thing, um, which would have been uh, yeah. on the on, on the thirtieth of December into my birthday, which is on New Year's Eve. Um, and uh, you know what a way to yeah. celebrate it. Um, and when we got there, it was sold out. They had they've got twelve twelve seats basically. It's yeah. just each screen's tiny. And I was like, well, what are we gonna do? Like we went all the way from we were sort of by Times Square. We went all the way to Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and when is we got there, away? is that not in New York? I don't, I don't know how it works. Well, it's not on Manhattan Island, is it? Okay. It's um, oh, it's like right, okay. off, off a yeah. bit. So it takes a little while, but not it went too, it went too far. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh, we're here now. What should we watch? And the only other thing that was on was Moonlight, which I kind of knew. A very small amount about, 
Yeah. But it's definitely one of those films that if if you're watching it at at midnight, like probably didn't get started till half past midnight. Yeah. And after a day of like roaming around New York, I think about oh, half. Have you fallen asleep? Yeah, <laughs> halfway through, I was really <laughs> starting to flag. I think I'd had a beer as well, so I was a bit like, oh, oh. yeah. Because it's sort yeah. of slow. It's, it's like a, a slow sort of. There's bits when it's like in the waves in the water, and it's kind of relaxing, calm waves. I imagine I would fall asleep so quickly. I don't like <laughs> to drink too much before I get to watch films. Now, I remember going to watch years ago. We went for a few beers, and then we went to watch Final Destination Three, which I think is the one with a roller coaster at the start. And the only <laughs> seats we could get were the, right at the front row. And the screens, it was, I think it might be an IMAX. It was one, it felt really big anyway. And I was really drunk and I was trying to keep my eyes on all the roller coasters zooming across the screen. It was like instant headache. It was like one of the worst <laughs> headaches I've ever had in my life. I had to sort of just not look at the screen for a bit. Yeah, but. Final Destination no. 3. Maybe yeah. that's one to do for the future, a Final Destination film. I like, I like the first one. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so back to Moonlight. Um, so Mahershala, Mahershala Ali won mm. Best Supporting Actor, didn't he? Um, and he is in the new series of True Detective, which I think has been filmed. Uh, I, I hope they go um, with like the Lovecraftian themes that they did in the in the first first series. series. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be nice. So the second series is a bit more yeah. um, more straight and narrow, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, that would be cool. But looking forward to that because you know I think it's a very intriguing sort of show. With a, with a the lot only other thing have you watched the new Matt Groening TV show on Netflix oh um, what's it called this Disenchantment Disenchantment I haven't seen it yet no but I have seen some little are you a fan of, of like Futurama and stuff like that yeah 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 not a huge fan of, of Futurama but yeah so it, this, this show once it finds its feet in about three or four episodes in it does have some it is pretty funny it's got loads of English people it's got Matt Berry in it Noel Fielding Oh uh, really? Uh, Rich Fulcher doing That's voices. Good. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool oh. that they're all kind of like mixed in there now. And Matt Berry obviously has like got one of the best voices ever. So yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it's recognizable. Yeah, hundred percent. That's about it. I think that's all the other guffs. All the other guffs cleaned out. But mate, sometimes you, you know what? Sometimes you can't have that many guffs. Sometimes you know you yeah. got to just get on with it. So let's get on with it then. So number one on the list, The Shining. Do you want to tell us a bit about it first? The Shining. As I like to shining, yeah, the shining. Uh, so let me just. So the shining is a 1980 horror film produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick, um, co-written with novelist Diane Johnson, based on Stephen King's 1977 novel The Shining. Didn't realize there are only three years between that adaptation. Well, that's crazy when you think about it, isn't it? Well, between the film, the, the book coming out and the book, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a there's a period of ten years. Uh, I think Stephen King had a like a movie, a big movie coming out every year, that, which is like insane. It just never happened. But like there was Carrie, Dead Zone, all this stuff sort of flying out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything was getting pushed right out of the cinematic yeah. vagina. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter, where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from the past and of the future. Yeah. Lovely. This is what Empire have to say. Uh, they've got a bit more of an essay on this one. Uh, Stephen King hates it, of course. Contemporary critics were lukewarm. Initial box office returns were middling. The Academy Awards flatly ignored it. Stanley Kubrick, unbelievably, was even nominated for a Worst Director Award at the inaugural Razzies. He lost to Xanadu's Robert Greenwald. It wasn't a fun shoot either, by all accounts. Kubrick forced Shelley Duvall to do 127 takes of one scene, a record according to the Guinness Book of Records. 
Jack Nicholson was made to eat his least favorite food, cheese sandwiches, to keep him in an agitated state. The infamous, <laughs> <laughs> the infamous Here's Johnny scene took three days and 60 doors. Both lead actors left to shoot exhausted and resentful. What a difference a bit of hindsight makes, though. As with a lot of Kubrick's work, time has been kind, and it now seems blindingly obvious that The Shining is a masterpiece without parallel. Precise, meticulous, surreal, visually astonishing, a shimmering study of a descent into madness, the ultimate horror movie. King continues to grumble, but it's his blind spot. His novel was too on the nose for directors, uh, for this director's metaphysical sensibilities. The book is, sh- is slashed cruelly but correctly into a leaner script. With Kubrick, it's always about reading between the lines, or in this case, the corridors. The imposing Overlook Hotel is a labyrinth for interiors built entirely in London's Elstree Studios serve as the physical embodiment of Jack's psychological degeneration. The newly invented Steadicam gives it an extra ge- geographical depth. We're nearly there. It might not be a conventional horror. Kubrick was hardly going to lump for genre tropes, was he? But the undercurrent of menace throughout is far scarier than any jump cut or shadowy ghoul. It's all about the bubbling sense of unease under the, surf- under the surface and unease that could infect any one of us. Some places are like people, as Scatman uh, Crover's cook Dick Halloran puts it, some shine and some don't. And uh, that's what, they, they, they obviously gave it five out of five. They obviously like this one. Well, there we go. That's, yeah. I mean, that summed that up nicely. Uh, this has been Horror Hangout. It's been, it's been wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. So um, it's only got 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.4 on IMDb, which isn't, isn't too bad. But, you know, it's not it's not a shining example there. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, you don't man, know what, Jack. What are your thoughts on The Shining? Is it one of your? Is it your very favorite? Is it middling? Um, it's not my very favorite, but it's definitely up there. Uh, this is one of those films that I kind of always return to. One film yeah. that I kind of watch every, probably every couple of years. Um, and it's just another one of those films that keeps on giving. You know, when a film with each new watch, you kind of discover something new. And I've been watching a lot of kind of like behind the scenes footage. Um, just strange because a lot of the behind the scenes footage I've seen, Jack um, Nicholson seems in a lovely, happy mood uh, for most of the time. And even Shelley Duvall, I mean, she sandwiches. has one. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Um, Shelley Duvall has one sort of moment where she seems a bit annoyed, but also like Stanley Kubrick and Jack Nicholson to have a really good relationship. There's a bit where Stanley Kubrick plays back filming him um, and a great shot, and then Jack Nicholson helps him up afterwards, and they kind of have a little bit of an embrace. It just seems like a lo- lovely shoot, but I guess we don't see all the everything that went along with it. And I know that Stephen King isn't a fan, but I mean the novel is very different. But at the same time, as an adaptation, like it's got to be different, isn't it? It's got to be. The thing like, about there it, are things. The thing about it, get it back because like Stephen King, there's like a hundred plus adaptations of his film. Why, why is he picking on this one? This is one of the good ones. There's so many shit adaptations. Like, have you seen the yeah. Langoliers? That's one of the worst things I think I've no. ever seen in my life. There's so many bad. Like, why is he sort of got like a thing in his? Do you think it's because like people who make people who make bad films of of his of his material are like he's makes of them, or like or like he's he's given Maybe. the green light on it, and then they've yeah. made it as bad, and he's like, oh, there's nothing bad I can say. Whereas yeah. Stanley Kubrick it was probably a bit more. You know, what I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a maverick. He's a card. He's a very. I do think uh, so. Apparently, um, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, so Stephen King wrote the first drafts uh, of the screenplay in his in his contracts that he, he stipulated that he was going to write the first draft. Apparently, Stanley Kubrick yeah. just didn't read it, just like completely ignored it because he said Stephen King's not a good writer, and he wrote the screenplay himself with. Um, wow. 
So maybe it's that. Maybe it's just like because that, that's a bit. Um, but at the same time, writing for screen is very different to writing. Yeah. Prose, and I, w- w- I wouldn't necessarily say, like, I mean, I don't know every example of something Stephen King has written for screen, but obviously, last episode we watched Sleepwalkers, which was his script, and you know, maybe some things just don't translate well to yeah. certain mediums. And Stanley Kubrick was probably thinking, I know what it's his vision. He knows what film he wants to make. And I think if you do take on that sort of responsibility, even if it is an adaptation of someone else's work, hmm. like you want control over it in, in, in some way. And obviously as a filmmaker, as a very experimental and, you know, out yeah. there filmmaker. He's he a, was, Stanley Kubrick's like kind of like incredibly precise as well. Like everything he used to like make, um, used to like develop his own lenses or something like that. He used to develop his own lenses because he couldn't, the technology just wasn't available yet, so he used to make it himself. Like he's so so precise, and he produced this film. He wrote it, he directed, he co-wrote it, he directed it. Yeah, it took eleven months on the screenplay. I imagine Stephen King probably bashed one out one afternoon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, oh, I've got the screenplay. It is pretty much perfect. Yeah. So if you've got any, you got any arguments with it, then uh, sorry, sorry to break it to you, but uh, no, yeah. it's not going to change. Um, it's def- it's one of those films that like there aren't many films that kind of do this to me, but. In terms of the scares, it's more about the atmosphere and the setting rather than anything else. Like, I feel the same with, like, The Exorcist. There's just some weird lurking darkness beneath the surface that perhaps you don't always expressively see, but it's just something there. It's not always... Sometimes it's a soundtrack. Sometimes it's just the dialogue. It's just that there's just an atmosphere there that something isn't right. Yeah. Something isn't right. And I don't want to be there i don't want to be in that hotel i don't want to be around these characters you just it's just a weird sort of feeling and i think that's that's why it's so that's the magic it's so film, isn't it? yeah that's, it's that's like the bloody, that is the magic i was thinking about like how do you where do you start with this, the tone of this film because it catches it so like if you think about sleepwalkers that didn't know what it was doing with the tone not really this film like yeah. it's so precise like it's the, the the track the slow tracking shots the the whistling sort of piercing whine um, although the, the, even like the decoration in the hotel, like the the, the carpet and, and the walls, it just all seems to be, like the maze, the um, the like little model of the maze sort of thing. It all works. It's so perfect and so unnerving. It's just like a, it's a very unnerving. That's a good, that's a good way of describing it. An unnerving. It's very slow, methodical descent into madness, and you start there, knowing something isn't quite right, mm. and then as soon as this descent into madness starts happening, you kind of yeah. get dragged along with it. Yeah. And you're there for every every sort of horrible moment and horror. I mean, there are some horrific moments in this film, but just some of the just some of the really basic. There are some really horrific moments that are done so simply. Yeah. Like in certain films, I think we mentioned I've mentioned before. I hate the way the that soundtracks peak when something scary happens. Like there's none of that. There's very there's almost absolutely none of it. As soon as something horrible is revealed, the soundtrack almost stays exactly the same which in a way is even more unnerving because there's no or there's no audio change there's no change in the in the the, te- the tension comes from exactly what you're seeing mm. not from what you're hearing have you and seen that uh, under the, the skin have you seen that one yeah yeah what scarlett hansen yeah i'm just thinking about the, the way the soundtrack works in that where the horror like there sometimes isn't any music when she like drowns mm. that kid or whatever it is on the beach no yeah just reminded me of that just then um, this is also my first viewing of the film. I've, I've not seen it as many times as you. I think this might be like the third time I've seen it. I just always put it off for some reason. But this is the first time I've viewed it with a kebab 
and the cider. Um, and so I feel, <laughs> I feel like it added something. Oh, lovely! To them. Yeah. Oh, what, um, what a night you had. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was interesting flavour, but like a bit of extra spice to the viewing experience. Um, we had garlic mayo. It was, it was good. Oh, lovely, <laughs> yeah. delicious. Yeah. So uh, the cast you probably know. People probably know already. Uh, Jack Nicholson um, plays Jack Torrance. Jack Nicholson's eyebrows play Jack Torrance's eyebrows very well. Uh, Shelley Duvall. <laughs> Shelley Duvall plays um, his wife, Wendy Torrance. Shelley Duvall, um, the first time I watched it, I was like, why is she so like shaky? Like, why can't she get through that window? Like, I don't understand. But uh, now that I know there's like 127 takes or whatever it is, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. I bet she's just tired as hell. Like, she's needs a, she needs <laughs> so a Lucas tired. aid. Exactly. I need the Lucas aid. Danny Lloyd plays a little kid called Danny. He does the creepy kid thing quite well. Um, I don't think he... He also does like the little voice and the little finger thing. I don't know if they if he was doing that before, and they were like, "That's what we're looking for." I don't understand how he picked <laughs> yeah. that up. Um, <laughs> and then Scatman Crothers, um, he plays the the cook. He's also got the shining, the sort of telekinetic, tele tele psychic thing in my jobby. Uh, he doesn't once sing about how everybody wants to be a cat, so he does quite he does quite oh. well in that role there. Yeah. Um, Although every now and again, I couldn't once I sort of realised that he was the guy who did the voice of the cat, the jazz cat in Arrested. Yes, yeah. I can't I couldn't stop <laughs> thinking he was going to burst out into song at some point. That would have been great. Yeah, um, yeah, man. So I mean, how does it start? It's uh, just a mountain scene, I think. Yeah, so we get like a sort of helicopter shot um, of the sort of like the road. Is that is that is that how it opens? Is that how it opens? Isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, the road and yeah, the, yeah. the lovely countryside, mountain. Lovely countryside, but then the soundtrack again, eerie, um, very, very, very sort of like eerie, symphy. It's not like or is this the soundtrack at the start isn't orchestral? It's sort of like weird, sort of near, 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 sort of like that, near, near, near. Very synthesizer-y. Yeah, is it? Is it? It's got like a. I've got my notes here. Bum 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 bum. Is it got a bit of a kind of? <laughs> I feel like it does that a lot. A bit of a butt. Bum, a bit bum, of a bum bum to it. It's got a couple of bum bums, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's sort so, of like these weird in the soundtrack. In the soundtrack as well, there's these weird like distant wails in yeah. the background, like Wah! that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. Which like, like oh, that's horrible. Of, that looked really. Yeah, ton of ton of old fashioned kettles, like on the yeah, on the, on <laughs> yeah, the <boil>. exactly. <laughs> that really gets to me as well. That's really like, oh, what is that? Like, there's something. Yeah. That's the thing. There's there's so much. It's the un the unknown in this film, which is so scary. Is that you don't. You, there's never really any explicit explanation to what's happening or what's going on. Mm. Is everything's just kind of hinted at, suggested? Everything's kind of like in the background, just just like peering over Jack Torrance's shoulder, sort of almost like controlling him with these sort of invisible um, yeah. puppet strings. Yeah, you can imagine, you can kind of picture there's some unseen entities just standing around him all the time. It's weird. Um, so he goes yeah. for this job interview, which sounds insane. I mean. The the guy is like so. The hotel was built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Say what? <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll be isolated uh, for five oh, months. A be, oh, beg your pardon. A caretaker murdered his family. I, I, I'll, I'll go zero hour contract. No, I'm out. <laughs> zero <laughs> hour contract. So. <laughs> well, I do like that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a good job at all. I mean, I hope he's getting paid. All right. Would you do it? Oh, I don't know. So obviously, he kind of like thinks he, he likes the idea of the solitude in the hotel because he's going to like he's got some writing stuff he wants to do and uh he wants to just chill 
and bash it out, basically. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it doesn't sound like the, the most ideal job. But I guess if they're just going to be there for the winter, like they got they got the run of a huge sort of really posh hotel. Um, yeah. They don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about paying to eat because they can just eat all the food that's already there. Yeah. It's ideal, it. really. Because yeah. really, they're going to be they're earning money, but there's no outgoings. I would say I mean, I'd, I'd do it if there was Netflix or you know. Google yeah, if you could net something, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, if you've got an internet connection, you'd be fine. But obviously, in 1980, afraid not. No, uh, I do think Jen, Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson, plays. He's a bit too cool to be what I expect a writer, unless he's like an erotica writer. I don't know. Maybe he just. Does. Yeah, he seems to. I don't know. Is, seems it, to be a bit is it ever hinted at what he writes? Because I think in the book he's writing a play. If I remember oh, right. Okay. He just says, I've got to yeah. outline a book or I've got to break a book or something like that. Never ever says what yeah. it is. Um, Obviously, with, with, with the film, Jack Torrance immediately seems a little bit, there's something a little bit not wrong with him, but he looks maybe a tiny bit unhinged, just a little bit. He's got the smile in the eyes. I mean, I know it's just Jack Nicholson. Um, but yeah, and I think in the, in the book, I'm not going to make comparisons to the book throughout because obviously the book is very different. Um, he's kind of like, in the book, he's kind of like the everyman. He's kind of hmm. seemed as like a like a, a nice guy, and so his descent into madness seems almost even more shocking. Whereas with Jack Torrance, he seems like a man who's possibly on the edge of something, and all he needs is a little push. All he needs is a little. Yeah, you did a good impression there. That was good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think this is the crazy. I've seen him play crazy many times, but I feel this like this. Like even when he's like playing normal, like he just seems slightly unhinged. It's it's something unnerving about it. Um, he came into this. <laughs> he came into this. I think pretty much straight out of one flew over the cuckoo's nest. So maybe he was just in the mood. There we go. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be typecast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a nut, nut cake. Um, so he gets the job. I think at the same time, Danny Torrance gets the first vision of. The blood coming down the hallway. Yeah, so he's kind of um, brushing his. Is he brushing his teeth? He's doing something in the bathroom, and he has the he has the vision yeah. of a cascade of blood coming out of an elevator door. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which I just keep. It looks delicious, Vimto or something like that. <laughs> do, you, do you feel that was the first time that was used that visual? Because I've I've seen it a few times now. I think it's in the new Outlast game, but I feel like. This must be well, like, a river, or like a, ri- a river of blood, you mean? Like spilling through a, a house or a corridor or something, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's got to be it's probably one of the first times, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then Jack then he gets visited by a doctor as well. Danny does at this point, like a pediatrician. It's because of his um, finger. Yeah, so he's got an imaginary friend named Tony. Has um, that explained, Tony, his finger? No. Again, sorry to mention mention the book. In the book, the imaginary friend is like a visual thing. He is somebody that he sees. Right. Okay. Um, where, where this is sort of more like he's got an imaginary friend he's talking to with his finger. And then for some reason, I don't know why she tells him, but Wendy tells the doctor. This is a bit like, this is too much information. But then I suppose she needs to. Explains that Jack gave, gave up drinking because he dislocated Danny's shoulder. Yeah. He, had a, he had a binge. He had too many WKDs. And yeah. then she says he used too much of his strength. Like, like that's a, yeah. like that's a bloody that's an excuse for it. Yeah. Why did you why did you dislocate your son's shoulder? Well, I used too much of the old the old strength, did yeah. I? And uh, his <laughs> it wasn't me. It, wasn't me. Yeah. it was my strength that did it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. Do you plead guilty or not guilty? Well, there's more strength than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so they give the dogs, and then I think it cuts to it, the the winter or something. Right? It, it cuts through time a fair bit. Uh, and then well, it yeah, it, it, it cuts, and then they're arriving at the hotel. Basically, okay, they drive into the hotel, and obviously Danny's like going, "I'm hungry." And Jack says, "We should have eaten before we left, you little shit." You little, yeah. I'll dislocate the other shoulder in a minute. Yeah. You don't. I used some of my strength. <laughs> yeah. I used some of my strength on you. So they arrive at the hotel on closing day, and they're basically given a tour by the manager of the hotel, and then like some other dude who just kind of like milling about with them. Yeah. <laughs> seems really pissed. Seems really pissed off. This guy. Um. Yeah. And then the chef, so Dick Halloran, played by um Scatmandu, Scatman Crovers. Yeah. Um. Basically shows Wendy <laughs> and Danny around sort of like the kitchen area um, and the pantry and says, look at all this. It was making me hungry this bit when he was showing her all the different. I we got it looked chicken, really cool. We got turkey. Yeah. We got lamb. We got it. I was like, oh, I'll go mental. And then he goes in the, the, the dry food store and it's like, we got Pringles. We got... Uh, we got Mac, Pringles. Winnie we Walker's got Rice Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We got the hula hoops. We got all that shit. <laughs> and then he turns to Danny, and Danny's like, obviously look, looking at him, and without saying a word, telepathically, he says, "I bet you'd like a little bit of ice cream, wouldn't you?" That's weird. And it is Danny, weird. I, I, when I was watching, it is I weird. I couldn't help but think how it would have been done in the book, but um, yeah. it's, it's effective. I think it works really well. It's weird. Like if, if you watch this first time, you think, "What? What the fuck?" What's going on? That's that's yeah. bizarre. I think in the book, possibly, I may be I may be wrong, but I think the shining is sort of is sort of discussed and elaborated on a lot more. And I think a yeah. few things happen before before um, just, Dick okay. sort of yeah. talks to him about it. Yeah. Um, well, of this, he kind of just immediately realizes and goes, "I'm just going to chat to this five year old kid about the fact that he's got telepathic ability." Yeah, he goes on yeah, about how so cool. uh, you, you've got the shining. Yeah, I've got the shining. We've all got the shining. <laughs> the shining. This yeah. hotel had the shining. And Danny's like, "Weren't you King Louis from Jungle Book?" And then he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "No." You see, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah. You recognise me. Yeah. Uh, so and the Shining uh, to communicate with other people with it, you can get visions of the future, visions of the past, and um, and you can uh, I don't know cheat. Yeah, on he kind of he kind of explains yeah. how he had a whole conversation with like his grandmother Dick does when he was younger. Um, just sat there, had a whole conversation with her without once opening their mouths. I just thought, pretty good ventriloquist, the pair of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, so, also, did you notice, did you see that um, they're doing the sequel, Buck to Sleep? Ewan McGregor yeah. is going to play Danny yeah, Torrance. So, so and, and a grown-up Danny Torrance, yeah. um, basically <laughs> with his shine abilities, basically fighting crime <laughs> with, with, with his shine ability. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I have actually got shiner. that. I've got yeah. that book, but I haven't actually read it. Dr. I think I think they're like energy vampires, aren't they? Or something that they're trying to get him. I've not seen it. I've not read it one, but um, it's meant to be quite good. It's meant to be all right, and it's going to be directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Gerald's Game. Oh wow! Very nice. Very really cool. Nice. Yeah, he loves a bit of Stephen King, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, so I think a month passes, and then mm-hmm. everyone's gone now, and it's just them getting to know the hotel. Uh, Jack's um, working on his writing. I think. Do we get the the weird little maze? Like it's kind of like a hereditary. It's like they ripped off hereditary or something, where it's like a model <laughs> of the maze, and it sort of slowly zooms yeah. in, and we see them running around in it. Yeah. So, so obviously, just before um, 
the month later jumped, um, Dick did tell Danny to basically stay out of room 237. He's like, Danny's like, is there anything to be afraid of in the hotel? He's like, well, don't go to room 237, whatever you do, because uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a load of, it basically stinks. Just stay yeah. away from there. And whatever you do, don't go in there. Yeah. So he goes, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So Jack's basically writing, but sort of not having much success. Uh, Danny and Wendy are like exploring Oh, he's always the on his bike, um, doing his Lance, Lance Armstrong training, like cycling yep. around on his little tricycle thing. Um, around in circles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then we do see the hedge. They're walking through the hedge maze, and there's a bit where Jack looks at the model of the hedge maze, and then we see a sort of zoom out, and we see tiny little versions of, of Wendy, yeah. which is a lovely, lovely sort of touch. It looked huge, the maze. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm assuming the maze wasn't actually that big, supposedly, yeah. in the film. Also, they get to the middle of the maze, and it's like... Nothing there. It's the same as the rest of the maze. Yeah. Like, where, where's the prize? Yeah. Are you glad we got here to the fr- center of the maze? Danny's like, yeah, it was great. It's just like, well, no. Want some yeah. sort of, some sort of congratulations. Sweet or something. A yeah. sweetie. Yeah, exactly. Who would have left yeah. it there? You know, Dick, yeah. And then Dick Halloran was there. Well, I- <laughs> yeah. I didn't leave all along. I've been here waiting for you for a whole yeah. month. I'm Here's dead. that ice cream. <laughs> Here's yeah. that ice cream, man. I'm dead. Um, yeah. yeah. So Wendy like, learns that the phone lines are down as well. Yeah. Um, due to the um, there's like snow and stuff. Snow, so snowing, yeah. snowing shitloads. So she goes and like um speaks to the police on the on the radio and basically just tries to get a few answers about she, it. She's doing all the day jobs, I think she. So he's writing. He was supposed to like keeping the hotel in in repair and stuff. Yeah, she seems to be doing it all. I'm assuming they're going to split this salary or or summer yeah. or, or like just yeah. or summer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because she's doing all the, she's doing all the hard work, and he's just mucking about. He's throwing a ball against the wall constantly, and that does look quite satisfying, doesn't it? Throwing the ball against yeah. the wall. He does that thing uh, where um, he's busy writing, and I think she asks him a question like, "Where's the ricicles gone?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's like he, he like blows up at her, like screaming about how I was in the flow then, and you ruined it. And I think she just comes and tells him that it's supposed to snow tomorrow, and he's like. <laughs> He just says something like, "All oh, right, sake, what yeah. do you want me? Is what do you want me to do about it?" And she's like, "Oh, if I just tell you." And he goes, "Well, the thing is, you come in here and you interrupt my flow." Looks yeah. like I completely understand that. He's, he he well, gets that like, every single day. Cat, and she's like, "That literally happened the other day." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Not quite. I mean, oh not my quite god! And then you but, axed um, her door. Yeah, axed the bedroom door. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so obviously he loses it a bit. So I think what we're t- we're kind of seeing here is that he's getting frustrated with his writing, but like these negative, almost violent outbursts. So like mm. he's not being physically violent at this time, but he does kind of like mm. slap himself in the head. Um, yeah. He basically tells her that <laughs> he said, if he's in here, if he's in the room, if you hear me typing or if you don't hit whatever the fuck you fucking hear, he's just like losing his nut. Um, just stay out of this, like leave me alone basically when I'm working. Cause obviously yeah. he's becoming frustrated. He's not getting much done. It would be nice to sort of know what he was, you know what I mean? What he was working on at this stage. If you let her just have a quick look, like a little look. Yeah, can we just have a little read of that, please, mate? Oh, fuck it, that's all the same yeah. words over and over again. <laughs> have you, you not read, noticed? I'll let you read one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let you read just one line, and uh, if you think it's bad, then just fuck off. Basically, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so we see, so like... Where did they go after this? this so, Dan, that, so we out. see a lot, of, yeah. a lot of Danny riding around on his little trike. Um, and there's some great shots here, you know, obviously the tracking shots following him riding around the, the hotel. I think we get to see the huge, the scale of like the set here because like, uh, you, what part of it did you say was in, in the studios? All of it. All the of entire, it. All of the interiors. Were in it's the nuts because yeah. it's absolutely huge. Like yeah. when they're riding around, 
Like it's it's just nuts. It's yeah. just it's almost exactly the same. It's so crackers. yeah, so <laughs> so it's crackers. So he he sees the he sees the ghostly twins. Danny does um, twice. I think he sees them once when he's just in sort of some sort of yeah. um, room, and he turns around and they're there. And then later later on when he's riding through the uh, through the corridors, he just sees her, uh, sees the girls, and then what do they say? Won't you come and play with us? We come play, play with us forever and ever. And ever. I, always, I always think of space whenever he's in, yeah. you watch space. Yeah, we've yeah. been cleaning forever and ever. And ever. Yeah. Obviously, there's you see the girls, and then he's and then he's having visions, Danny, of them murdered with an axe, yeah. sort of just bloodied all over the. And it's and obviously, I mean, his reaction is pretty terrifying because he kind of just goes oh and covers his eyes, <laughs> which you think that yeah. is probably what a kid would do. Like, yeah, you, yeah. Re- you remember being scared as a kid, you used to just yeah, hide under the bed covers. Yeah. Get under the bed covers, exactly. Yeah. Um, My last now, defense. Yeah. Exactly. If you can't get through the bed covers, you know. Like an armadillo. Get... It was an armored bed cover. Yeah. yeah. But, exactly. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, it, at some point he goes into room two three seven, but we don't Yeah, so he's playing with his cars on the uh on the carpet and then a ball rolls towards him and when he looks up obviously it's, no one's no one's rolled it to him. He's mm. like, What's going on? He goes, Mom like, what the hell? Mm. Um and then he sees that room two three seven is open and uh he goes inside. And then, so at some point, it cuts to them. It cuts to Jack having the nightmare or something. Or yeah, so he's like, um, he's been typing, but he's led on his desk, and he starts having a nightmare where he's kind of like, ah, 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 ah. Yeah. Oh, he's having one of them bloody nightmares again. Yeah. Um, so obviously, she comes, and I mean, this, this here now. Um... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Is, is a, like, this is probably the best Jack Nicholson acting moment, I think. Because I, I was probably like, I was probably invested in this. Um, and I always, I've always kind of thought this is probably the best part of his well, him talking about the dream, or him talk, him talking about the dream, and then obviously Danny walks in and is he's sucking, is he sucking his thumb? Yeah, um, and his jumper's ripped, and he's got like all bruises on in on his neck, and obviously yeah. Wendy jumps to the conclusion. Well, it, you would, it, there's it's, no one else here. It's really well shot that. So like, 
Jack is in the foreground, and you just see yep. her slowly look up at Jack, yep. and he's just sort of spacing out. At the... He's like spacing out, but he's like, just yeah. there's something about his expression that you're really just like, that is yeah. him, that is Jack in that moment, just thinking, what the hell is going on? Because he's just had a dream where he where he killed Wendy and Danny, and obviously he's terrified by that. And that's sort of like the last. These are the sh- these are like the the shreds of his humanity, just for all to see when he's mm. when he's just completely spaced out and just like what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean that really gets to me. That's really so like she's like you did this. You used your strength on him. Used your strength on him again and strangled yeah. him. And obviously, because there's a history of him obviously hurting Danny. Yeah. Unfortunately, and also because he didn't say anything. Like he, no, he's... he doesn't say no. I didn't because I think yeah. he's confused at this stage. He's like, did I? Yeah. Surely I didn't, but did I? Yeah, so, I mean, just that... before that they were they were talking on the bed and he goes, I will never hurt you. It's like yeah, really creepy. Yeah. He kisses creepy him and kind of like hugs him. He says, come here a minute. And sort of, and she, cause yeah. she's, cause he sort of, even Danny sort of says about mm. it. Do you love, do you love me or do you love us or something? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, not long after that, Jack ends up uh, going to the gold room, which is the big sort of like ballroom. Um, and he meets, yeah. there's a bartender Lloyd. in there called Lloyd. It was, it was a sinister fellow, isn't he? Very mellow. It treats him like he's, he's seen him many times before and he sort of tries to... He gets like very chatty, sort of tries to give him some money and I think he said um, the drinks That's in the house not. or something. Yeah, yeah. he's no good he's, here. But what I like to know is buying my drinks and he's like, yeah. just uh, just don't worry about it. It's just somebody. Yeah. I mean, that, even that's creepy because you're like, who, what? What, what is... Yeah, It's weird because I, I don't know if, it, if they're ghosts of people who died there, or if it's some sort of, if it's the hotel, or if it's, about. or if it's it all in Jack's imagination. That's yeah, that's the thing. Sense. That's yeah. That's the that's the beauty of this. Is like it's not expressly said. These are ghosts of people who died in the hotel. Ghosts. Yeah. It's like somehow the 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 Overlook Hotel is creating these these visions to to sort of help Jack along in his descent into that madness. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's all in Jack's mind, and you know he's been struggling with ghosts or demons for a while hence why obviously recover, recover an alcoholic as well uh, and now just being in this cabin fever like environment which is inducing cabin fever in him yeah, yeah. is is bringing this out in him also, it's hard really to... gets, the, the ancient ancient indian burial ground stuff doesn't really get brought up uh, uh, again there's, there's a couple of things i think about that but um it, 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 i don't know maybe maybe something there maybe there's something more about that in the book i, I don't know I think I think there is, but you know, it's been a long time. I've, it's been over ten years since I read the book, so yeah. it would be nice to go back and and read it again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's almost like it is very much something in the background of this film. It's not something that's front and center, as yeah. So obviously he has a he has a bourbon. Yeah. Um, complains about his marriage a little bit, sort of. Uh, yeah. Talks about everything that happened. Um, I think, <clears throat> so at some point, Wendy says. Um, there's a crazy woman in one of the rooms. Does she? Does she come into the bar and say? I don't. I don't know if she comes into the bar. Maybe she does. She she basically comes comes to Jack when he's on his own, and he's even a bit spaced out then. Yeah. And she says that basically Danny has said that a woman, a crazy woman in one of the rooms, attempted to strangle him. Obviously, Jack's a bit like, what? I mean, we've been here a he month. Says, are you off your off your head or something? Are you I'm off your goddamn yeah. rocker? Out of yeah. your goddamn mind? Yeah. Yeah. So, but Jack obviously just says, "What <laughs> what room is it?" Oh, he's played two three seven, isn't it? So yeah. Jack goes to um, two three seven, and this scene here, there's a there's a part now. This scene in the book, as far as I'm aware, 
is more there's more than one occasion where he ventures into room 237 okay. to see the person in there yeah there's a real in the book there's a very very specific moment which is like one of the most haunting moments i think i've ever read in a book yeah. which is when he kind of knows something's in there but the door's closed and it's, it's just the just the way this scene sort of plays out in the book where he just this description of like wet feet on a on a sort of wet rug yeah and it's just yeah. something it's, well a wet bath mat there's something about it which really Something, used to something's get, wet <laughs> something's bloody wet in there yeah and obviously by the time he goes in you're like oh jesus what's he gonna see and obviously he just sees a lovely lovely naked broad. woman with a yeah. broad <laughs> um yeah and they, they start smooching he seems pretty happy about it initially, Jack. He sort yeah. of looks a bit shocked, but then he kind of smiles as if to say, yeah. hell right. yeah. <laughs> you may have possibly strangled and abused my son, but, yeah, I mean, you look good naked, so I'm going to give you a lovely kiss. Yeah. We're going to let you off. Um, so, and as he's smooching, I, th- I think this might be my favourite sort of scary moment in the film, where he yeah. looks in the in the, the mirror and you see, like, bed sores, or like, which is sort of like rotten and moulding, it's just like aged and horrible. And then it also seems to like it seems to intercut with this woman's face coming out of the bath as well. It's, yeah. it's really horrible. Yeah, I mean, it is super creepy. So the same woman rising up out of the bath while the, while the woman sort of wanders towards him, laughing, mm. and he's yeah. walking back. But again, again, a wonderful, wonderful um, Jack Nicholson acting moment of him just like he's very in this stage before yeah. he goes full full crazy. Before he has these a few sta- sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in these in these stages, he's really good at the what the fuck. Um, facial expression yeah like better than better than anyone i can think of just like really like what the fuck is going on <laughs> jesus yeah so he kind of backs out the room shuts the door locks it and then uh, uh, when wendy asks so any uh anything odd any action goes, yeah <laughs> yeah well there was a bit no nothing uh well there Win- was a window was yeah. open yeah window window was open there was a yeah. it was a gut there was a gust of cold air coming in leaky faucet and yeah uh, yeah nothing really yeah so basically yeah and then and, they and- start <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was a little ant uh, that killed that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, but then Jack and Wendy start arguing because Wendy's obviously saying she wants to take Danny to see a doctor. Um, yeah. mm. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 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 we both did that at the same time. Then we went, oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously Jack's a bit like, you you basically want to sabotage this because I'm finally getting somewhere with something you want to sabotage and he sort of goes on about you want don't you understand the book or is he talking about like getting involved with the hotel yeah exactly like... it sounds like he's talking about that because he says about if you don't understand what i've got uh the thing i've got with my employers there's a lot free, more in the free book. booze free they, booze they, they just give me yeah. loads of whiskey it's amazing <laughs> there's a um there's a subplot in the book well i say subplot but it's sort of part of it where the ghosts are kind of like trying to convince him that he should become the manager of this place and he becomes <laughs> right. like convinced he becomes convinced that, yeah, that's what he deserves. I deserve yeah. to become the manager. And it's almost like the things he's doing are to imp- impress the higher-ups well, yeah. to show that he can, he can, he's can, he good enough to become the manager, um, which obviously isn't really... you have to read the book at some point soon. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's a lot of good stuff. The ending's great as well. Um, so, yeah, they argue over that a little bit, and then Jack sort of descending even further into this madness where all the ghosts are befriending him and getting into his getting into his brain box he attends the gold room again and now it's completely filled with people like in in some sort of like 1920s speakeasy environment isn't it yeah they're, they're all boogieing they're all drinking uh there's a guy with some advocate 
Um, yeah. Some snowballs. Oh, bad <laughs> yeah. Um, and he, he sort of spills it on, on him and he goes, I'll get that right off. He starts wiping, takes, takes him to the toilet, starts wiping him off. And he yeah. goes, and, hang on a sec, Mr. Grady, you killed your wife. <laughs> Where is you this? Killed your, you killed your wife and dog. You killed your wife Even and dog. Even if he was, I, I wouldn't say it like that. I'd be like, did you do something bad? Yeah, yeah. Lazy. Did you kill your... He's like, you chopped him up into little bits. And yeah. it's a bit like... Obviously, it's, it's weird because Jack essentially must know that he's seeing things or that these are yeah. like... He's seeing someone who's dead. But he seems pretty, like, fine with it. He's yeah, a bit by, like... Well, by, this point, by this point, you know, he's he's gone full-on crazy, I think, at this point. Like, his eyebrows... I'm sorry, they get, they get taller. It's weird. I don't know. They did something. <laughs> at this point, they're, like, tickling the like the, the ceiling, like, feather dusting yeah. the ceiling tiles. They're so like wild. They basically Stanley Kubrick was like, ah, right. So for this scene, <laughs> Stanley Kubrick want... has giant sort of owlish <laughs> yeah. eyebrows as well. Yeah. So basically, Jack, Jack Nicholson's like, how yeah. big do you want the eyebrows for this scene? He's like, mm, <laughs> medium, medium. Say like a, mm, say like a six point five out of ten. He's like, okay. Mm? Yeah. <laughs> right for this scene, I want nine out of ten. Yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna have to really think about it. Do we do a take? More eyebrows, Jack. More eyebrows. More eyebrows. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> These are the most eyebrows I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously this this is creepy as well. So while Grady's sort of in the in in the bathroom with him cleaning them off, obviously he does kind of yeah say that he has no recollection basically of killing his wife and kids. And then obviously there's a creepy bit where he sort of says to Jack. You you are the caretaker. You've always been the caretaker, and that you must correct Wendy and Danny um, because they've been trying to bring an outside party into this situation using a talent or something. Using a talent, yeah. So yeah. obviously Danny Danny's not been expressively trying to communicate with Halloran, um, but Halloran's like gone to Florida to chill out, watching yeah. TV in his silken pajamas. Obviously well, he keeps... uh, he's got like naked pictures. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Loads of like, black women boobs. The cat said. She thinks that that looks like his drag act. Like it looks like him with like, <laughs> oh, like yeah. makeup and big oh. boobs on. Yeah. yeah. That's that's why he's got the shine. That's why he's got the shine in. He's, he's, yeah. Uh, he's yeah. Throwing his voice. Um so <laughs> then, so he's he's he makes his way back. The thing about this the, the Hadron thing is he comes all the way from Florida. He he like goes really far and he doesn't really last very long when he does actually arrive. <laughs> Obviously, he calls the police and says, "Look, there's a family in Overlook, Overlook Hotel," um, yeah. and they're I like, know. "Yeah, but I know <laughs> I get brand new information, man. You, you've got a mustache, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man." And he's like, um, "Yeah, so basically, can you check on the family or whatever?" And they're like, "Well, the phone lines are down," and then he's got a reason to believe that they're perhaps in some sort of peril. So, can yeah. you get hold of them some way? Um, but then Halloran's like, fuck this, I'm getting on the first flight. I'm flying all the way back there. And I don't care what it takes, I'm going to get there. So obviously yeah. he's got some sort of connection with Danny via The Shining. So it's almost like Danny's not so, calling out to him, but he knows that Danny's in front. At some point around here, Danny starts doing the red room thing. Red, red room. Yeah. Red His voice red. is quite good, isn't it? I don't know if they, if they sort of did something digital with that or, um, you know, ADR type stuff. But it's yeah. really good, really creepy. Yeah, so I mean, he goes into like, I mean, he goes into some horrible trances as well at some point. Does he go into some trance? He goes into a horrible trance when Jack's with the woman, with the the, the ghostly de- yeah, dead. Yeah, there's one point when he's just in bed and he's just like his eyes are there and he's just like it's like a really piercing whistle noise and he's like dribbling and everything. Yeah, yeah. 
I think he yeah. might be having some sort of like psychic fight with the house or something because that's when he's trying to contact um, Aaron. Yeah. It's almost like this like, these vibes, these vibes from from the house is kind of like overwhelming Danny in a way. So obviously because he's got the shining, yeah. obviously for someone like Jack who hasn't got the shining, it's it's like it subtly and subliminally mm. works its way into his conscience and sort of sort of like pushes him over that edge, takes something that already exists within him. Yeah, which is this this obviously this i mean these are frustrations in his life anger obviously obviously a great deal of anger um because obviously i guess he isn't as, as much as a success as he wants to be as a writer and I, I also get the vibe that he kind of feels like wendy and danny are like holding him back a little bit so like, i just need to just need to do this and that and obviously the the overlook hotel takes hold of these frustrations and kind of like just pushes him amplifies to the them, point sort of thing. amplifies yeah. them yeah yeah um so yeah, around about this point, obviously we get Danny doing the red rum stuff, and then I think referring to around here it starts to really go batshit, right? So this is when Wendy finds the manuscript and he sees that it's <laughs> just all, all the one sentence, all working, no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yeah, um, I mean he's written that a lot of times. I just yeah. keep thinking, when did he write that? Because <laughs> he's been off doing a load of shit. He's been look, yeah. looking in room two three seven. Boozing. He's been he's smooching, been boozing, boozing, he's been smooching, boozing, smooching, getting covered in avocado. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, it's just all a bit nuts. So, so as she's like looking through that, uh, Jack comes back and he finds her. He's like, "What do you think? What are you got any, any notes, critiques?" <laughs> like, it's just all one word. He's like, "What?" It's a bit predictive. It's a Read bit between the lines, Wendy. Read between yeah. the lines, man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So like, Wendy's sh- like shaking, like constantly. Um, this must be like the 127 takes sort of part of the film because she's like can't even hold her hand up. She's just like shaking. She um. She needs some electrolytes or something. And yeah. um, but she's got the baseball bat and she's like, no, Jack, go away. Um, and then she slugs him one on the head. Yeah, obviously there's some great stuff here where obviously she's she's backing up the up the sort of staircase yeah. and he's following after and he says, look, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains in. Gonna I'm going to bash brains your brains in. the fuck in. Give yeah. me the bat. Give me the bat. I mean, these and bits. I'll just like, kind of bash the brains in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. This just reminds me of the Simpsons episode, the Treehouse of Horror um, yeah. version they did. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. Give me the bat. All that what stuff. What is it? Oh, oh, like, what is it? No bearing, no TV makes Homer go crazy. Uh, go crazy. <laughs> like that. Never mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so she, yeah, she slugs Jack on the on the crust. <laughs> right on the crust. <laughs> He falls yeah. backwards down the stairs. Go, 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 go. Yeah. And then she drags him into the kitchen, locks him in the pantry, uh, struggles with the lock a little bit, a little bit of tension there. Mm. She locks him in, um, and then obviously he starts um, trying to manipulate her to let him out. Come on, look, if you just let me out, I'll forget the whole damn thing ever happened. And, and she's like, she... I'm going to take the snow cat down the sidewinder to going to take Danny to a doctor. And, he, and then he starts to say, um, got a big a surprise coming your way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so at this, and, point, at this point, he's completely like lost his lost his marbles. Um, so when he's like trying to escape, but the snowcat has been there's like just a little part that's been removed. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So he's he's, t- he's, like, he's taking like, a lamp. It's like oh, I can't go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he's he's taking like what like the transmitter or something out of the radio. Boop. I don't know. Yeah, something okay. like that. And then it's taking someone out of the snowcat. So he swapped him over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she'll never think of that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously while Jack's in the pantry, Grady appears un- unseen. Player. I don't think we see him, do we? You just see his. No, just hear him. Yeah, yeah. Just hear his voice, and he's basically like, "Oh, you've really been made an absolute twat off here, haven't you, Jack?" 
<laughs> what an absolute four. I mean, Jack's eyebrows are at 11 out of 10 now. He's yeah. like, whoa! They're yeah. climbing up the wall. Oh! Yeah. And then Gr- Grady unlocks the door. So, I mean, in terms of this, what, what do you kind of feel? How did, how did the door get unlocked? Was it like the actual ghost unlocking the door for him? I think so. I think it's the house. I don't think there are ghosts. In the way I kind of read no. it is... So n- not like ghosts and spirits of actual people. Yeah, it's like the, house... like the house is like... I don't know, just, just sort of manifests things as yeah. and when it needs it's an, it. E- it's an evil entity. And when people ki- when people die in the house, I think it like absorbs them mm. some way. It doesn't absorb them as they are. It absorbs them as some sort of like version of themselves. Yeah. The, it absorbs them as like the... Because then they don't seem to have their memories. They don't seem to so remember Grady, who they are, yeah. You no, know, it's almost like Grady has been absorbed and is now part of the house. Yeah. And he's, he's, been, he's working, he's there as an employee... Or, or good, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, it's a bit like that. Uh, <clears throat> so he he gets out. He gets the axe. Oh, I think they're just in the bedroom at this point. And yeah, yeah. She's um. Danny's written red room on the door. Um, and then Jack just just rocks up right with the axe. So obviously she sees that red rum reversed is mm. murder. And she's just, like, ah! Danny hasn't written red rum right though. It's he's cause he's got one r one way and one r the other way yeah i don't know if it's on purpose but i, I guess it's on purpose yeah. yeah or it's making out he's just a kid just a kid. so he don't bloody know better does he he doesn't know backwards words so yeah jack begins like <laughs> smashing through the door um yeah. so in the book it was like a, a croquet mallet i think or some sort of mallet right okay <laughs> it wasn't an axe but obviously i guess stanley Kubrick was just thinking an axe probably a bit more sinister easier to smash a door with as well i expect you know yeah. if we're gonna do 127 takes or however many takes we're gonna do with this door six doors or something 60 doors they got for it. Six, 60 doors that's insane yeah. like where are you getting the doors yeah. like, you just get going down look, going down a and q and going oh look probably a bit of a random request but can yeah. we have 60 identical doors please oh huh? we've only got 24 I bet Jane Oxen just enjoyed it so he'd do it and he'd go here's Jacob oh you get uh, to go again oh, well that but... line was apparently ad-libbed wasn't it the here's Johnny was it right? yeah. yeah so apparently it wasn't in the script here's or anything and it was... Daniel I think it's a take <laughs> on a like a, a, a quiz show catchphrase yeah as i'm aware so well, he must have like, smashed it, smashed the doors of all those takes and i think the bit where he puts <laughs> yeah. his puts his face through must have just been a a one-time yeah, thing yeah um so she shoves danny out of the bathroom window yeah. she tries to get through and like her shoulders i don't understand it because i know it's film so you need to suspend your disbelief a little bit but her shoulders get through fine and i'm like that's the widest part of your body you can fit through that shelly she's got You're big being chop- lazy She's got wide, childbearing hips that we that you can't see because she's. Perhaps you know. I didn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like a, a stick figure thing going on. I was like, you can yeah. get out of that. You're just not trying. You're just um, not trying. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. So she kind of like knifes him, doesn't she, in the hand? Yeah. And uh, Danny disappears into the. Um, when he comes back inside, he gets inside the like yeah. the, the kitchen cupboard, and yeah. Halloran turns up. Yeah, so it's, it's like, so Halloran, we've seen Halloran's journey, so he's kind of flown, then he was driving, and we see like a bloody over, <laughs> overturned like 18-wheeler, yeah. um, so obviously we're made to think that the conditions out there are real bad. Um, then he gets, he, he borrows a snow cat, where does he get that from, the old snow cat? He gets, he gets, I don't know, he, gets one, he uh, borrows one, steals one. Like knocks on the, door, knocks just, on the yeah. door, can I just borrow this snow cat? No! Yeah. Thanks! Yeah. Um, poor old Halloran turns <laughs> up um, at the Overlook Hotel, walks in. 
I mean, there is something, I mean, it's something creepy about like a really big space that's usually full of people suddenly empty in there. But he's like, there's something super... he's like, hello, I'm ready to be killed. Yeah. <laughs> like, just be quiet. Do get some ninja on. Sneak around a little bit. Yeah. Get a lay of the land. Get your ninja on. And obviously, then Jack comes out of nowhere. <laughs> big old, yeah. big old scream. And just he would have been fine if he wasn't scatting. he gets axed and and killed um again in the book i think halloran does get hurt at some point but i think he survives and then ends up basically basically being part of the reason that wendy and danny survive i think he he brings a snow cat with him so i guess he does something here Um, yeah that's true that's true so uh jack chases danny into the maze yeah and he's obviously he's he's re, he's re, reduced now to like a sort of bubbling, uh, burbling. What word am I yeah. thinking of? Where he's like, rah, 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 daddy, oh. he's just like proper off his nut bubbling, now, bumbling, bumbling, just great, cra- crazy person. Obviously, and Wendy's wandering around the house now as well. She finds she sees Halloran's body, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and she, she sees loads of different things. So she sees like skeletons she sees the the bear mask giving the blowjob to the guy in the yeah ale- well allegedly yeah. they might have just been having a lovely conversation that's weird yeah. obviously there's another another ghost she sees a guy with like a split down his head toast and yeah. says isn't it a wonderful party what a wonderful time yes yeah um she's seeing all this shit so, and then she also she does see the red she sees the blood coming out of the elevator as well yeah i think it ends with her so the blood yeah, yeah. yeah so obviously what we're made to see here is that like these things do exist these things aren't just in jack's mind mm. danny's not seeing them because of the shining these things do exist in the realm of the overlook hotel yeah and you know why she's now suddenly being allowed to see these things um it remains to be seen but <clears throat> and uh so <clears throat> so this is where i feel like this is the only thing I can think. Maybe the native Indian burial ground thing has a thing here because Danny hides his footprints and he kind of does it in a way I imagine Native Americans used to do it. That's the only yeah. thing I can think. Maybe <laughs> maybe he's like used the shining to talk to a Native American. I have no idea. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah, so so he, he, he misleads him um, and then he hides, doesn't he, after that? Yeah. Um, and basically escapes from the... Uh... And the, the, the Jack Nicholson's death is funny. Like, yeah. there's something about that cut straight to the frozen thing. Yeah. It just looks funny to me. I don't know. Yeah. It's something silly about it. You're just like, is that the yeah. Overlook Hotel? Does it not, like, reach out to the to the hedge maze? Because you think that yeah. somehow it would... it Because it wants him to... Succeed. To succeed. It wants, it wants him then, to yeah. kill. It wants him yeah. to kill his family. So you'd think it'd somehow reach out to him while he's in the hedge maze and, like, go, look, mate, don't freeze to death. Yeah. Follow old Brady here. I'll lead you out. Or something yeah. like that. But the fact that we kind of get a cut immediately to suddenly Jack's I dead, guess it gets Jack... It, it, I mean, it loses the but you know, it gets Jack because at the end we see <clears throat> the the music plays and we see the photo from 1920s and he's in the photo now. He belongs oh, to yeah. the house. He's been absorbed. Yeah. He has been officially <laughs> absorbed by the house. Yeah. Um, whether we're meant to believe that everyone in that photo is somebody who's been absorbed by the house, by the by the maybe, hotel, sorry. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. But that obviously bring, brings full circle what grady said that you've always been the caretaker but also if he was the caretaker would it be front and center in that picture it's a big celebration for the caretaker <laughs> maybe, maybe he got the manager job in the end who knows yeah exactly yeah. maybe he did he was he was finally the manager even though he didn't kill wendy yeah. and danny and then, uh, and then it ends uh, so <clears throat> uh trivia oh bollocks i think i've already given you the answer to this maybe not maybe you forgot 
Number one, Stephen King wrote the first draft of the film and Kubrick only read it once. True or false? That's, that's false. You said he didn't read it. He didn't even read it. You've been listening. You have passed uh, the yeah. test. The ball test. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> um, Kubrick wasn't present at all of the shooting. True or false? True. It's true because he uh, refused to leave England. He hated leaving England for some reason. Uh, so all of the location shots were done of the hotel were done without him. Um, right. <clears throat> yeah. Number three, in the German version of the film, the phrase "all work and no play makes Jack a door boy" was translated to "don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today." True or false? True. True. Yeah. It's weird. Why would they not just do? Yeah. Why did not just do all work up? and no play and make Jack and? <laughs> a dull boy again. Why then? They are, just... you, are you fluent in German? Because I mean, from that display, I'd say hundred yeah. percent yes. <clears throat> okay, number four. Uh, Jack Nicholson wrote a scene in the film. Can you guess ah. which, which scene it is? Jack Nicholson wrote the. He wrote a scene in the film. Did he yeah. write? It's not going to be obvious. Is it obvious? Mm, it's. A... It's a fairly performance-heavy scene. Did he write a scene in the bar with Lloyd? No, no. Any other guesses? Um, did he write the scene when he was trapped in the like larder? I'll give you a clue. He was uh, trying to write a, a, a book or a play at some point, um, and he was distracted. <laughs> so, um, And that gave him the idea for the scene. Uh, oh well, so obviously the the scene with where, where Wendy interrupts him. Yeah, he said um, he read that, didn't he? Oh, sweet. He he, uh, he was writing a play or something. And I think he was doing a few things. He was acting in a film and he was writing a play at night. And then he, I think he was trying for ages. And he said his wife or his girlfriend at the time came home, and he was he like said he just lost his like lid and just went crazy. At her. And he's like, yeah. that should go in the film. <laughs> that <laughs> should go in the, film. in the film. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, and number five, true or false? Empire Magazine. Place this film, actually this film, at number one spot of their top fifty horror movies of all time. True. Or That's false? true. It's true. False. Okay, so we need to grade the film. <laughs> <laughs> we need to grade the film. Um, what are you going to go with? Um, yeah. So as I said, another one of those which I always return to. Um, but sort of in my in my sort of like top favorite mm. horror films, I think it's always kind of it's always been there, but I don't think it's quite reached the heights of some of some of my favorites. Um, yeah. So. Something there is just something about it, though, as I said, that as a horror film, just seems to really work so well. And that atmosphere, yeah. it's always that it's always the atmosphere of these films that really sort of get to me. And obviously, that's why I enjoyed um, Hereditary recently as well. The atmosphere, oh, right, yeah. I mean, Sleepwalkers was great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sleepwalkers was a straight ten out of yeah. ten. But I just yeah. I'd go for I'd go for an A with this. I probably wouldn't wouldn't go for an A plus, but an A, I'm I'm happy with. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. A because it is a like, pretty much a perfect film, but then. The A pluses should really be reserved for things that are, are perfect films, but also resonate with you in a sort of like they just sort of make speak to you in in your own life and make you feel like I need yeah. to watch that film I'm, again. I mean, this this is yeah. this is my favourite Stanley Kubrick film. I'd, I'd say because it's uh, not again Stanley Kubrick doesn't really do genre tropes yeah. like well, he's all, even though it's of a genre, it's a horror film, it's a science fiction film. Mm. They're very much unique in the way they're presented, so. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, okay, oh. so that's it. Next, I think we're going to take a maybe a week or two off. 
maybe a couple of weeks off just to get our heads together. You know, I mean, we watched a lot of horror films. Maybe we need to watch some uh, romance, you know, just to have yeah. a the 50 time. best rom I mean, uh, detox what will be the name of the 50 best rom-coms um podcast uh rom-com rendezvous oh rendezvous. yeah <laughs> i can always rely on you luke that's what i like about you <laughs> i can always rely on you rom-com yeah. rendezvous here we go <laughs> so this show is brought to you by hawk and cleaver head over to hawk and uh become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our feed music. Thanks to ACAS for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed this video, give us a five-star rating review in iTunes and remember to subscribe. Thanks to our guests. I don't want to forget anyone, but we've had Dom, Johan, uh, Andy has been on many times. Uh, oh, that's what we're going to do an episode where Andy's going to quiz us on all 50 episodes. So That's true. That yeah. could perhaps be the next episode, but you know, we'll, yeah. uh, Let's see we'll, how we get on. <laughs> we'll see how we get on. Um, otherwise, it's been a pleasure, Luke. Uh, yeah, thanks to my co-host Ben for being a right honourable dude. Oh, a right honourable dude. Straight yeah. back at you, dude. Right, right back at you. See you in a couple of weeks, and we'll rendezvous. We'll rom-com rendezvous in a couple of weeks. <laughs>catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.